Well, there we go. Um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned this last year, but, and you all always prove me wrong with this, which is great, but um, traditionally in the church, this, this Sunday, the Sunday following Easter is usually called Low Sunday uh, because we have all these folks here on, on Easter Sunday, and then the next week it's really low. But y'all always, y'all always impress me. We always have a great turnout on the, uh, on the next Sunday. But, but I think it's interesting that they call it Low Sunday because it usually is a smaller crowd. And I used to have a, a senior pastor that I worked for, and he used to say the reason why uh, that it was Low Sunday, the Sunday after, he said everybody was suffering from what he called a hallelujah hangover. And uh, <laughs> it's this idea that we, we kind of get to that point of Easter, and then we celebrate, and then that's it. So I'm, I'm so glad uh, that that you're here today, that we get to continue on with the celebration and continue on with the story of Easter. And I love what, what Pastor Lee just prayed, that, that Jesus is still risen. He is still risen indeed. Amen? And so today what we're going to do is we're going to start a, a conversation about um, what's called the domino effect. And, and, and the reason why uh, it's called the domino effect is it, the idea behind it is that this small beginning can have this big impact. It can start with something small and then it just kind of takes on a life of its own and then it becomes something really huge. And the, the illustration that we have of the domino effect is... Um, this is, this is kind of a thing. Ron, you might know about this too. This is kind of a physics thing. I, I thought it was incredible. But um, the idea behind the domino effect is you can take a small domino uh, like this and knock over a larger domino like this one right here. And they have all these different uh, demonstrations of this. And I think if you take it all the way up to like 29 dominoes, um, starting with a domino the size of this, multiplied up to 29 can can knock over something the, the, the 29th domino is like the size of the Eiffel Tower or something like that it's just this incredible uh, demonstration of of this chain reaction that happens it's called the domino effect so uh, so we wanted to have a demonstration of it for you this week and um, so actually uh, Michelle and I worked on this and made these for you and we set them up this morning and they fell down a bunch of times and so we we've, we've been praying that they would stay up so I'm gonna do this for you this demonstration for you right now and hope it works ready here we go all right praise God <laughs> it was all worth it uh, so that's that's just a little visual of what's called the domino effect. And as I mentioned before, there's a book called The Domino Effect that my friend J.D. Walt put out. And, um, and it's the idea that, that starting with something small, there can be this huge impact. Uh, as you can see, this demonstrates something that, that seems to uh, defy the laws of, of nature and physics, that something so small could have this big impact. If I told you before you saw that, that that little domino would be able to knock over that big domino, you might say that's impossible. And yet you saw it with your own eyes. And, and hopefully it changed your perspective on what's possible. That's the idea of the domino effect, that we see this, this thing happen that, that seems to defy the laws of nature and physics, and, and it changes our perspective on what's possible. So when I heard that, of course, I said, that'll preach. And uh, so that's what I want to preach on for the next few weeks. So we're going to be talking about this. I forgot to mention it earlier on, but um, there is going to be another Sunday school class. We did this with the, the Jesus Shaped Life, and we had such a great turnout for that that we're going to have another one for the domino effect. So if you're interested, as soon as the service is over today, just right across the hall here in one of the classrooms, we're going to have um, some more 
conversation about the domino effect, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. Uh, another thing I'll go ahead and tell you is um, we did get some little dominoes that look just like this. You might have seen them when you came in today. Uh, they're on the table out in the lobby, and you may have gotten one. I would love for you on the way out today to get one of these little dominoes and just put it in your pocket or keep it somewhere uh, as a reminder of this conversation that we're having and about uh, basically what God can do when we just allow him to, to move in our lives and if we'll take a simple, maybe even what we think is a small step of faith. So, um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I'm really excited about this conversation, about this series, because I think it's the perfect place to start. Uh, it's the perfect metaphor for what happened as a result of, of what we celebrated last Sunday on Easter Sunday. Uh, we got to celebrate the greatest event in human history, the, the miracle of all time, a miracle that truly did defy the laws of nature and physics, that Jesus was raised from the dead, the resurrection of Jesus. And the amazing thing about it is it, people saw it with their own eyes and it completely changed their perspective on what's possible. And so that's when, and so what happened after that was the domino effect. What happened after that was something incredible. Uh, first of all, sin and death were the first dominoes to fall, if you will. And it set off this chain reaction through heaven and earth. It changed everything. And then it began to change the lives of people like you and me, people who heard and believed this message. They joined this movement to, to spread the message and the church began. And the result was that the world as we knew it was changed forever. It's still being changed by what happened 2,000 years ago. So starting today, we're going to journey together through a book of the Bible. We're going to journey through the book of Colossians. And um, I want to give you just a little setup for that today. It's called Colossians because it's a, a letter written by the Apostle Paul uh, to, the, to the church, a group of people who lived in this village called Colossae. And this was a group of Christ followers who had received this message and they were seeking to live their life and to, to live their life together, to share life together in response uh, to this miracle, to this incredible life-changing, world-changing event, the resurrection of Jesus. The disciples had seen the impossible, the resurrection of Jesus with, with their own eyes. And so they had received also this call to share the good news with with the nations, and, and this chain reaction began that, that spread throughout the known world. Maybe you remember the book of Acts begins with the resurrected Jesus making this declaration to his disciples, and he's describing this ripple effect that's going to happen as a result of the resurrection. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is where they were, the surrounding areas of all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. He says, it's going to start right here, and then it's just going to grow. And you are going to be my witnesses in those places and to the people that, that I'm sending you to go. And so that's when the dominoes started to fall. The message of salvation began to spread throughout the land and, and the movement of the church started to take root in these communities and villages where the disciples went and, and bore witness to the resurrection of Christ. And so, um, so that's, who's Paul, that's who Paul is writing to in the New Testament in his, their letters to the churches and that's where our scripture lesson begins today. I want you to hear uh, Paul's introduction to the Colossians. That's God's word for us today. 
beginning at verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Now I want to stop right there because there's so much packed in here and I'm excited about us going through this whole book where we can kind of dig into uh, these passages of scripture, but there's so much right there in the introduction. So I want to share some really interesting things with you. Um, I want you to notice how Paul describes the, the recipients of his letter. He, he refers to them in two different ways. Uh, the first time he says he calls them God's holy people in Colossae. And then he calls them faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, he's not being repetitive here. I think this is significant. Uh, first, he acknowledges what I'll call their, their context, right? They're, they're in Colossae. That's, that's where they live, right? Uh, but then he, ex he acknowledges their, their connection to one another by saying faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. This has more to do with, with how they live. So the first one is where they live, and the second is how they live, in Colossae and in Christ. And, and in the book, J.D. talks about how one of the most important questions that we need to ask ourselves as individuals and as a community of faith on this journey is basically this. Which one is, more, is a more dominant description of my life or our life together? Is it in Colossae? Or is it in Christ? In other words, is my life more defined by my context or by my connection to Christ? Does that make sense? I want to challenge us to take a good look at that question in our lives and in our life together. Our, our actions, our decisions, our habits, are they more shaped by our context, our, our circumstances, our culture? Or are they more shaped by Christ? Does the way we spend our time, our energy, our money, does it reflect the values of our context or the values of God's kingdom? And if there are any changes that need to be made, how do we go about making those changes in our lives and in our life together? Well, I think the next part of this passage sheds some light on that particular Past particular subject. So I want to move to the next part of this passage. And just to kind of set it up, uh, you're going to hear Paul use two words that you find throughout his writings, throughout his letters, throughout the New Testament. There's these two words that he uses. And when we see them over and over again in the New Testament, they're almost inseparable. When we see them, we almost always see them together. They're like peanut butter and jelly. They're like salt and pepper. They're like bacon and eggs. They're like... Um, Hamburger and bacon, uh, pickles and bacon, anything and bacon, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, sorry, I got a little distracted there. <laughs> so these two words that are almost inseparable in the New Testament are these, grace and peace. So Paul introduces and he identifies himself and, and his recipients in Christ, and then he explains to them the connection that they have in Christ, and then he extends to them this unique uh, introduction, this unique greeting that, that is happening in the context of in Christ. He says, grace and peace to you from God, our Father. Um, now, you might just 
when you're reading it, you might just gloss right over this or move right into the what you think is the meat of the passage. But I believe there's a lot of meat in this passage. I believe that this is really important and we need to get this. See, Paul is writing in a specific way that was similar to the, the letters, the epistles is what they were called, uh, of that time and place. They were let, when you wrote a letter, there was a certain format, just like we have letters that we write today. Uh, and usually the, writings, uh, uh, the writing of a letter in that context would begin with the phrase, greetings. That was just a simple greeting, but it was, it was really much more important than that. When someone uh, extended their greetings to someone, it wasn't just a pleasantry. They were extending this gift of hospitality. They were giving them greetings. And so uh, for Paul to replace that with something different was significant. And, and so Paul replaces this one word, greetings, with these two words, grace and peace. And, and that's really significant. And let me tell you why. The word grace comes from the Greek word charis. The word peace comes from the Hebrew word shalom. And, and that's important, I think. I think that Paul is intentionally and, and ingeniously bringing together this popular Greek term and this popular Jewish term uh, to highlight that this dividing wall that's coming down in Christ. Um, in Christ, both the barrier between God and humanity and God and, and humanity with one another is being broken down, and it's being broken down in Christ. Every barrier between us and God and us and each other is falling down one by one like dominoes in Christ. And so listen to what Paul says in one of his other letters to the Galatians. He says, so in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. All of you who were baptized, again, in Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. So Paul's framing up these, this conversation with these powerful words, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Paul is acknowledging the grace of God and the peace of God as, as good gifts bestowed on all of God's people, regardless of of how they uh, saw themselves or were, were seen by the community before this, now we are all seen in Christ through faith. And because of this, we're called to live differently in the world in light of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the next question I want to ask you this morning is, I wonder if, if there are those here today who, who need to, to receive those good gifts of grace and peace. I wonder if there's anybody here today that, that feels a barrier between themselves and God or barriers between themselves and others. Barriers that can only be torn down by the grace of God and by the peace of God. I wonder if maybe the first domino that needs to fall for you this morning is, is whatever wall that, that you've put up in your relationship with God and others, maybe mental or emotional or, or spiritual. Now, I'm not talking about boundaries. I'm talking about barriers. Boundaries are good. Barriers are bad. Boundaries protect us, um, but barriers push away. Uh, boundaries can insulate us in ways that are healthy, but barriers isolate us in ways that are 
unhealthy. And, and so the good news of God's grace and peace in Christ is that Jesus has removed every barrier between him and us. And he invites us to remove every barrier that we've placed between us and him. And the, and the amazing thing that happens, the, 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 the good news there is that as we empty our minds of barriers like shame and, and self-loathing, if we, if we empty our hearts of barriers like bitterness and, and resentment, then Christ can fill our lives with these good gifts of grace and peace in our hearts and our minds and in our lives and in our relationships. It sets off this chain reaction where our, our hearts are filled with this growing sense of gratitude. Our, our, our minds are filled with this expanding sense of hope and joy. The domino effect of grace and peace is this life that's changed from the inside out. And it, and it begins to change the world around us from individual to individual to individual. Uh, God changes our lives and relationships and our lives and relationships relationships begin to change our communities and our culture. That's why I think that's what Paul's describing as we continue on in Colossians. Picking back up in verse 3, Paul says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus when we pray for you because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. You see the, the domino effect? It says, just as you, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So he's, he's kind of uh, embodying this even in the story. He says, uh, you know, I heard this good news and, and I passed it on to Epaphras and Epaphras uh, shared this good news with you. And so now uh, you're living in such a way that, that the good news of your faith and love, that's another pair in this, this uh, inseparable pair in the Bible, faith and love. Uh, the news of your faith and love is growing and spreading and bearing fruit throughout the known world. It started with this uh, one person, and then it grew to two people, and then it grew to a community, and then it grew to the, the world. See, friends, this is the, this is the domino effect. And, and guess what? You know how much I love to say this. I'm going to say it again today. The amazing truth about this passage and the amazing truth of God's word is not just that it happened, it's that it happens all the time. I believe it happens every time we allow the good news of God's grace to transform our hearts and minds, to transform our lives and relationships. When we can allow God's grace and peace to guide our thoughts and our feelings and our decisions in our directions, it begins to happen in our context. It happens in Colossae, in, in Murfreesboro, and, and beyond. It's happening right here, right now, uh, in our fellowship family. I know that uh, in so many ways. And, and I have one example that I want you to hear this morning. Uh, one of our very own uh, fellowship family members, Sean Lee, uh, shared a story with a group of us on the generosity team uh, Monday night 
And, and it illustrates this idea of the domino effect so powerfully. I, I invited her to come and share uh, with you this morning. Uh, and uh, we've got some pictures that we're going to show on the screen. But uh, I want you to hear this, this powerful uh, story that I think illustrates this so well. Sean, thanks for coming up and sharing with us. I'm sure most everybody knows you, but maybe just share who you are and a little bit about yourself and your context. Okay, my name is Sean Lee. Um, am I on? I think Can so. Are we me? on, Slade? Is that? Um, I am a seventh grade uh, teacher at Blackman Middle School, and I'm on the generosity team. And we were kind of talking the other night um, about just generosity. And Will Shelton, you know, told a story and he said, we need to start sharing our stories. And I said, well, something really cool happened about a month ago at school. Um, I was walking my kids to lunch and um, stopped after my kiddos got to lunch and talked to my custodian, um, who all custodians are saints, um, literally. And um, she said, why do you give up your lunch every day to let kids eat in your classroom? I said, well, have you walked into a cafeteria like 413-year-olds eating at one time is loud, crazy. Some kids just can't handle that. I said, but this little boy that's about to walk past you, he eats with me because kids were making fun of him. And she said, well, why were they making fun of him? And I said, he depends on breakfast and lunch at school every day like that's his guaranteed meals breakfast and lunch and after that he doesn't really know what he's going to get she said really and i said yeah so i left i go eat with the lunch bunch that's what they call themselves now it's like 30 kids in my room but um the next thing i know at about 2 30 that afternoon one of our new custodians miss coco she calls me from home and she said so and so told me that so-and-so is not eating like dinner at home dinner on the weekends she said we're gonna fix this so the next day i walk in and she had taken her grandkids to the grocery store and said pick out what you would love to eat if you could pick out anything so she miss coco and her grandchildren made these bags with all these beautiful little quotes on them um we stocked the pantry so from that, I just put on Facebook, I thought we should always share the good in our world because I get tired of reading a lot of negative stuff. So I shared on Facebook just, hey, this is what happened. This is what we have. Next thing I know, like friends started reaching out to me, sending me, I didn't even know you could get food on Amazon. This is amazing. <laughs> this is called a healthy pack of something all that came in one thing so then like the little boy he could get it his bags for the weekend but then my lunch bunch girls said what's going on back there because I would just stock the stuff well then they decided that they wanted to be a part of it so they started making these ziplock bags and in turn they started telling kids like we should be more respectful of our custodians like we like you know that didn't hit the trash can so just pick it up so now they're helping Miss Coco and all of our custodians and like friends that that I have from Facebook. I haven't seen some of these people in 30 years and I get Amazon deliveries of food literally every single day at my house. And it just started from, hey, why don't you let that kid eat in your classroom? And then that custodian told Miss Coco, y'all pray for Miss Coco, she's a saint. She's just started just the ball rolling. And now it's like three shelves. Like I had to like put my microscope somewhere else because I needed a place for the pantry. So <laughs> the custodians, they want to build like an outside pantry for kids kids to come to over the summer and so it just started wow. with that simple conversation of one of those kids eat in your room here's the most powerful thing I've got of it and I'm a crier too um, I thanked Miss Coco here's what Miss Coco told me she said I just needed a purpose mm. 
you gave me a purpose. I said, I didn't, I mean, and I really didn't feel like that. Like, but Miss Coco said, I needed more of a purpose than to change the trash cans at school. Mm. Wow. So that's, that's incredible. Thank you, Sean. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Uh, it's amazing what God can do and will do and is doing. And, and it sounds like God's not done in that situation, right? Um, and it all started with just a, a simple uh, act of faith, a simple response. And, and it's just become something uh, that's greater than anyone could have ever imagined. And, and I, I wanted you to hear that this morning, to be encouraged and inspired, uh, but also uh, to, to be challenged uh, that, that God can do this in your life as well. Uh, we all have a context. And and as followers of Jesus, as members of the church, we're, we're not just living in our context. Um, we're living with purpose uh, because we are not just in Murfreesboro or in the place that we work or go to school or whatever. We are in Christ. And because we are in Christ, God is working in and through our lives. And so I want to encourage you uh, to, to make yourself available uh, for God to work in and through you. Uh, sometimes it just takes one tiny intentional act of obedience, one simple uh, small step of faith to let God's grace and peace guide you, uh, to let God be God in your life and, and in the lives of those around you. And, and when that happens, uh, just like Sean shared with us today, uh, we get to bear witness to that. We get to bear witness to God's presence and provision uh, in our lives and in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our church, in our communities, in Jerusalem, Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. Who knows what God can do? I think that's why our passage ends like this. Paul says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. See, our, our tiny little dominoes of discipleship filled with the power of the Holy Spirit can impact our lives and our world in ways that, that are exponentially bigger than anything we could imagine. So I wanna, I wanna leave you with this one question to consider and to pray about uh, as we continue this conversation today and tomorrow and the days to come. Where is God calling you to take this small step of faith and love? And, and I want you to remember this. It doesn't have to start with this. Sometimes I think we get overwhelmed and intimidated because uh, when we think, oh, oh God, you know, God wants to do something in my life, it has to be big, right? It has to look like this. It doesn't have to be this. It can be this, <laughs> And the good news of God's grace, the power of the Holy Spirit is that God can take this and do this. But we just have to give God our this. And he can do far beyond what anything we could ever hope for or imagine. So I want to invite you today to simply commit to living your life, not just in Colossae, but in 
Christ, to be guided by grace and peace, to say today, here I am, God, use me, your will be done. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do whatever it is that I, I think and feel uh, that you're calling me to do today. I'm going to take this one small step of faith and then let the chips fall where they may. Or better yet, the dominoes. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come and hear your word, Lord, and, and, um, and give you thanks and praise. Lord, we thank you that that you can take whatever we, we offer up to you and use in ways that are beyond what we could ever hope for or imagine. So God, I pray that, that uh, the domino effect of, of your presence and provision and power in our lives would, would start a chain reaction in our lives and in our families and in our communities and in our world. Uh, Lord, speak to our hearts today uh, and give us the grace and the courage to Take whatever small step of faith it is today, trusting you with, with the results of that. Uh, we love you, God. We thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, uh, the, the band's going to lead us in one final song, and, and as always, the altars are going to be open. If you would like to come and pray, you can do that. If you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. If you just want to stay in your seats, uh, that's great. But um, I want to invite you to... To just open your heart to what God might be saying to you and, and be willing to respond. Let, let's stand as we sing.